Ladies and gentlemen, allow us to introduce ourselves. It's the Going Off Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. Before we get into the what we had actually discussed prior, because I just saw this, man has been charged guilty of a hate crime for filming a pug doing Nazi salutes. This brings up kind of something else we were talking about, because who did I find out about this from? Fucking Ricky Gervais. So for the past couple days, he's gone on this warpath of pro-free speech, saying, you know, everyone's for free speech until it offends them. Which, which is kind of funny, because he seems to be really offended by the fact that people don't like that, like what he said. It's funny how, again, <laughs> like, he's trying to point out an Real irony, defensive. but, yeah. And I'm seeing a lot of people talk about this, about this is uh, political correctness going too far, and I wanted to ask your opinion on this. So you got this gentleman, a 30-year-old guy, on the surface, a lot of people are reporting it as guy charged with grossly offensive joke. And a lot of people are playing up that, like, yeah, where do we draw the line about, you know, what's just a joke and what's not. Filmed his, his girlfriend's pug just sticking his leg out, right, his, like, front leg. Like, on the surface, the dog just sticks his leg out, and people are like, oh, so is that it? The dog's just doing a Nazi salute, or supposedly, in the context. It's the commands. The man will, uh, command his dog do this by saying, Zig Heil, and, I'm gonna bleep this, but... Where is the line? Because this, ar this article also says this man who was supported at court by alt-right activists, left the video on YouTube to drive traffic to other material he had on there. So this was the, uh, the clickbait. This is how Ricky Gervais posed it on Twitter. If you don't believe in a person's right to say things you might find, in quote, grossly offensive, then you don't believe in freedom of speech. Yeah, no one's saying you can't say it, they're just saying you're an asshole. Well, I mean, <laughs> they, they are technically saying you can't do it because he's being charged with a hate crime. I don't think, no. I, I hate crime, no. Because if, if you're going to say a dog doing a Nazi salute because someone said if that is something that is liable for a hate crime, then all these Stormfront websites, all those need to get shut the fuck down yesterday. Because if that's the line, then there's a whole bunch of shit on the internet that we need to start purging. Now that I think about it, actually, isn't it in Germany they say, like, if you um go in the middle of a town square and, you know raise your arm in a Nazi salute, like, you can literally go to jail. Yeah. Because it's hate speech. I think with everything, there needs to be context, right? Let's let's really delve into this, okay? So I am about to say the phrase, the intent behind him saying that is putting out language that is harmful to people, but that he doesn't understand the power of, right? When you put out the rhetoric of, oh, is okay, like, shit like that becomes acceptable. You know, when you make it just a joke, you make it acceptable. Look at the message that what he is saying and, and in the context that it's in. It is a very careless context. It doesn't care about the fact that this phrase is something that people who are hateful actually say, you know, and put out into the ether in order to, to push forth their ideas. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and the more we allow that and go, oh, that's just them being them, boys being boys, the more you allow people to say, because like I said, you know, no one's good or bad, right? We like to think, oh, smart people will see through that. Smart person will see that, like, uh, you know, not everyone is that smart and not everyone is the same age you are. You got to remember this. A lot of people that are looking at this shit are 10, 11, 12 years old. Just learning about the world, just learning about the internet, just learning about what's acceptable behavior. 
And then they're seeing, oh, this guy's making a joke about this, you know, in this little silly YouTube video. You know what I'm saying? This isn't on a TV show. There's no larger context. It's not like, oh, someone said gas the Jews in a movie. And like, well, American History X isn't actually about, hey, we should actually do this horrible thing. No, it's trying to show you how bad that is. That's the point. That's the context of the movie. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the reason why you can't just say, oh, we can't say that word ever, 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 is because, like, well, what's the context that they're putting in? Are they trying to say something about people who say that sort of language? You know what I'm saying? But when you have a video like this where it's just like, I'm just flippantly saying something horrible, it's like, in a way, I think there should be some sort of consequence for that shit. Maybe not going to jail, but your video needs to be like, YouTube needs to be like, nah, we don't want that shit on my channel. And then you'll find out that maybe no one wants to hear your bullshit. And maybe you need to realize that that's just not acceptable anymore. Count Dankula, we haven't even mentioned it by name yet, but Count, Count Dankula. <laughs> Get this shit out of my face. Count Dankula, I am not arguing about a motherfucking name, Count Dankula. Let's move on. So Katy Perry. <laughs> verified on Twitter, verified on YouTube. So YouTube's got something in common there. Oh my God. A guy who says he is a, quote, professional shit poster, going to jail for a joke, anti-PC, pro-free speech, edgy boy, Scottish nationalist, I'm not a Nazi, but my dog is. That's his Twitter uh, bio. He only left the videos that were getting a lot of negative attention about him gleefully repeating over and over again the phrase I said earlier. Uh, so his dog will kick his front foot out. Uh, didn't realize uh, the consequences of his words and how... It's not like someone shit-talking your favorite sports team. You know, like... I think people need to get the context and the realize what grossly offensive means to different people. Like, I'm not 100% sure. If Ricky Gervais is not at all Jewish, I think he needs to take a step back and realize how someone gleefully repeating what I said before might affect someone who maybe had family members who did go through that. How is that a joke is what I'm trying to figure out. Because people are like, going to jail for a joke. You can say he's going to jail for a grossly offensive video. Don't call it a joke. Because now what the hell are we defining as a joke? Like, is that- does that qualify as a joke? I'm gonna kill you! Uh, it was a joke! I'm Even though I'm holding a gun and a knife to your throat, it's a joke! <laughs> And again, I'm exaggerating, but it's like, once again, it's just like, if you're gonna label, like, something this not funny as protectable, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't someone who, like, posted this not realizing and thinking, like, oh, I didn't know racism was still around. No, this is someone who was like, I know it's still around in tea, but I'm gonna use the fact that no one is really, you know, thinking about it to push my message, you know what I mean? He's got multiple videos called The Lying Media, so, I mean, he knows the language. This reminds me of a certain person who I'm not gonna name by name because I don't want to start drama. You can't make content like this that is so indistinguishable and not take the consequences and realize, shit, people might actually think I'm like this, maybe I should draw the line, but I'm not getting that from any of these thumbnails or video descriptions, and I'm not going to give this guy a view by watching his shit. I think Ricky A needs to pick his battles. I think he is uh, tastelessly trying to piggyback off this controversy to get people talking about his own special, which I've already heard people who are big Ricky Gervais fans tell me it's really unfunny. If you say an offensive thing to your gay friend... And, like, your gay friend is like, I understand that you don't actually hate me, 
We're taking the piss. Like, you understand the dynamics of that relationship. And you respond accordingly, you know? And and actually, hey, maybe before you would have said something that was really offensive to someone who wasn't gay, right? So Something that was offensive to gay people to someone who wasn't gay. And maybe you never thought about how that was perpetuating that hateful sort of, you know, like that, that hateful sort of bigotry, you know what I'm saying? And so, like, now you're with your friend and you're like, okay, maybe I can still joke about this thing, but in a more sensitive way that's not like, you know, being as violent or being as hateful or being as, you know, stupid or or as, you know, just absent-minded as I was before. You know, because I feel like like when you're, friend, when you're with friends, you joke with them. But I feel like it's just like, you understand the context. Once again, it goes back to that Jay Smooth video where he said, like, if I go up to my girlfriend, I put my arm around her and I say, hey, honey, you know, that's a different relationship than if you go up to my girlfriend and put your arm around her and say, hey, honey. You know what I'm saying? Like, those are fighting words now because that's not your girlfriend. And if you think that is your girlfriend, then, then, then okay, now there's another conversation we need to have. You know what I'm saying? Like, like words matter. Katy Perry. <laughs> so, uh... Look. Your girl! Two incidents within the past month, uh, Katy Perry has, uh, displayed once again that she is pretty, uh, trashy and is very problematic, but she's been problematic since the very get-go from fucking Jump Street. What I'm realizing now, more than ever, is the hypocrisy in the music industry, where Taylor Swift can be at a press junket, a DJ can ask for a photo with her, grab her ass during the photo, and get his ass taken to court. Which, allow me to clarify, is 100% justified. I have no problem with that. That's how it should have went down. But, what I'm saying is, if you've got Shawn Mendes on a red carpet, and he's being interviewed about his music, and someone walks by and he, he goes, someone just touched my butt, and the interviewers laugh it up, and say, oh, Katy Perry, she just, oh, do you like Katy Perry? What do you think about her music? And he's like, oh, yeah, I, I, I like Katy Perry, of course. Like, that's, that's a problem. I think there's part of it that's like the shock, right? Like, you, Hollywood is so planned and so, like, everything is it. So they're thinking, like, this has to be a joke, so let's just keep snapping the cameras. Because, like, you know what I mean? So now The Sun, which is a shitty tabloid, so I'm not going to give him too much credence here, but they're reporting that Shawn Mendes recently came out and said, no, you know, uh, she didn't. And he's, like, talking back uh, the, uh, what he had said in the interview. But it's the only person, it's the only place uh, reporting that he's walking back his statements. But even if that is 100% true, hey. I wouldn't be surprised if he did come out and be like, no, because what... That's not what the record labels would want. The record labels aren't going to want you saying, like, hey, how about you rethink that? Trouble. Did Katy Perry really yeah, do yeah, that? Exactly. Like, if Katy Perry's record label, uh, or heaven forbid you're on the same label, now your managers are breathing down your neck going, what the fuck, uh, you put a bad spotlight on Katy Perry, you gotta, you gotta nip that in the bud right now, you gotta say she didn't do it. I mean, is it too hard to imagine that that would be the case because of how often we've seen it happen to female recording artists. Rolling Stone printed an article about 
the long-standing, the long history of sexual harassment in the country music industry. So stuff that happened to Taylor Swift at that one press junket has been happening for years at radio stations, but the record label will more often times punish the artist for speaking up about it because you don't want to make waves because what? We sent you to that radio station to promote your music. We don't care about you. I mean, we just talked about the whole John Landis thing and about how the record label was like, we made our money off Thriller, fuck you. They don't... They don't care about you. They care about the money that you're making them. So, the thing with Shawn Mendes, I found out just a couple days ago, but this was after I found out what she did on American Idol, which at the time was about two weeks after it happened, which just goes to show how no one thought this was worth talking about. Muse shoots me this clip, and I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking nothing of it. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, eh, it's probably going to be some non-story, whatever. But then I watch it. I see exactly what's happening in the video, and I noticed my reaction to it. Isn't it crazy in a way? Because, like, what happens in the video is this, you know, country boy... You know, good old, you know, Christian kid. Now say what you want about Christian values, whatever the fuck you want about someone's sexuality and, and how people are prudes and da 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 because of, you know, what Christianity and, and, and all that shit did to people. But at the end of the day... But yeah, this guy goes up there and he's like all hunky-dory. And he's talking about how, oh, you know, I'm saving myself for marriage because that's part of his story arc. And he, and he says, you know, I'm, I'm saving myself. I've never been kissed. And Katy Perry just immediately goes... Well, we're going to change that. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, walks up. She puts her cheek out. Like, okay, like, yeah, right here. And he leans in for the kiss. Fucking Katy Perry decides, I'm just going to turn my head real quick and lay one on this boy's lips. And he falls down, which was weird. And everyone's yeah. laughing. Again, same thing as the red carpet thing. Everyone's making a big joke of it. Except for Lionel Richie, who at one point says, what kind of show has this turned into? Or, yeah, like, what has this yeah. show turned into? Which Indeed, Lionel is Richie. the most, like, honest thing in that whole clip. And it's like, you know, on the surface, it's like, wow, that's really kind of shitty that you would do that. Because, again, like, we need to address the fact that like, th th there is a double standard that exists, because if this was the other way around, this absolutely would have been every fucking where, justifiably so. But what makes it even worse is that later, the guy was interviewed, and no, he was like, no, that made me uncomfortable. Like, I didn't like that. Like, the headlines were, Katy Perry kissed a boy and he didn't like it. Even presented like a joke. And nobody talked about it. It fucking fell flat on its ass, and it's been weeks, and you don't hear anything else about it. Like, if this was the other way around, he would have been kicked off the show. There might have even been a lawsuit. Yeah, but no, it's right. fucking crazy-ass Katy Perry, who, you know, you never know what she's gonna do. The funny thing about this is that when I first saw it, my reaction to it was sort of like, like, my brain didn't react the way I would have reacted if it was, like you, like we said, you know, an older man kissing a yeah. girl. But then I caught myself and I was like, wait, why didn't I react? <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, you know, if someone doesn't have consent, that's the end of it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, regardless of gender or preference or this or that, they don't have your consent, boom, done. But I was like, huh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, like, this would have been a joke. 
Like, what? how stupid would that be if I had just kissed someone on the street and just was like, no, 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 haven't you seen this movie? This person comes up and, and look, look at this James Bond clip. This uh, James Bond forcibly throws this woman on the ground and starts kissing her. It's got to be okay. You know, I, regardless of context, this thing should be okay. It's like, no, 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 no. You do not have this person's consent to do this thing. And it's not okay. But like I said, it's funny that looking at this, you know, if this was 15 years ago, this would have been a non-story. It would have been, somebody would have brought it up. Like it's happening right now, actually. <laughs> but you know, just uh, from our end, we're kind of like raised in this thing about this. But like you see, it's you, but you do see more and more people at least saying something. You know, you see Charlemagne, like at least yeah. that's a public figure saying something. You know what I'm saying? Um, in fact, in fact, I was gonna say I saw this. I saw something similar to this happen. Um, at a club once, we went to a comedy club up in, up in New York, and this old guy, he's not doing really well at his show. You know. He decides to get this young girl on stage. He's like, hey, young girl, you know, like, come up on stage. Brother. And he does that thing where he's like, he starts talking to her. And it's like obvious that he's hitting on her. But in a way that's like, it's that sort of I'm gauging your reaction. So I'm like, I'm hitting on you and it's a joke. <laughs> but let's see how far you'll mm. let me take it. You know what I mean? That's exactly how these racists work, right? Yeah. They're flirting with racism, you know. I'm, I've said something racist and it's just a joke. <laughs> but how much can I actually say and get away mm. with? You know what I mean? And then at the end, like this, like this woman's not interested. She's not flattered. You know what I mean? And then she goes like, and then he goes like, hey, you know, give me a kiss, like plant one right there. You know, and she goes like, oh, okay. And he turns and kisses her and everyone goes like, <gasps> like there's that, there's like that bit of like the laugh shock, like, <laughs> and I think that's, that's initially what happened to this kid here, mm -hmm. right? You know, when, when he got that kiss, he, he kind of did that falling thing because, whoa, this is wild. There's cameras on me and a famous person just kissed me. And then, you know, now he has to, you know, because like people like to think that, you know, uh, we have that perfect victim idea, yeah. right? If he didn't want that kiss, he should have gone, no, ma'am, this is not what I want. Let's get back to business. Right. No, that's not what happens in real life. What happens is there's a whole bunch of cameras around. There's mm -hmm. a whole bunch of people looking at me. Someone with a lot of prestige who could get me some money is in front of me and she just gave me a kiss and... I can't get just, I, just, I can't just get angry about this. Like your brain is first just reeling from the fact that this is happening to you. So your initial reaction might not even be the way you really feel. That's just the way your brain has been socialized to react. Like, haha, let me react like this is really silly because if I make light of it, then maybe it won't be that bad. If, if he didn't sue, right? Like nobody would hold her accountable. Like, like, yeah, you could be like, eh, you know, he's just in it for the money or whatever, but it's like, well, you know what? That fucking still, at the end of the day, sends a message that that shit isn't okay. I don't care how it looks. Like Chris Rock said, when he was talking about OJ, he said, uh, oh, uh, you can't get Johnny Cochran because then it'll look guilty. Yeah, but it'll be outside of jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'd rather look guilty at a mall than innocent in jail. <laughs> This week on the Going Off Podcast, we have two Patreon-requested album reviews. First, coming from Jacob Lawrence, requesting Blossom by Milky Chance. It's, it's, 
It's Milky Chance. That sounds like something that's taken out of context, but when you put it back in context, it's definitely something sexual. Like, <laughs> there's a Milky Chance of you getting this love juice tonight. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, like it doesn't really make sense, but it's like, you know it's sexual. I messaged you earlier, and I was like, dude, there's a song on this album that sounds so much like a song that I've heard before, and it was driving me crazy that I couldn't place who it was. I I finally found out who it was. Mm. Milky Chance. Wait, what? It was a song that was on the radio back in 2014 that was Uh a big hit for Milky Chance. It was, I, was, know. I was like, I recognize this vocal, like this vocal sounds so familiar. And I was, I was driving me up a wall, so I finally just decided to go to their uh, Spotify, and you just go to like the five most popular songs, and I just clicked the first one. And yeah, I'm, I'm obviously going to cut this out for copyright reasons, but it's this one. Hold on. You ever hear that before? I feel like I've heard like their music before. Like it's like this music just sounds like the way pop and rock sounds like right now. I I, I kind of want you to go first because I want to know what you think about this. All right. Um. So it took quite a few songs for me to uh, get into it. It started off really slow, in my opinion. Like, uh, like Blossom was all right, but it was a little repetitive. Then Ego was okay. Not until like Clouds or Cold Blue Rain did I finally start to be Dude, like Cold Blue Rain thumped, bro. That's when I finally started getting into it. And fucking Cocoon was the song that reminded me of their old hit. And it was like, all right, uh, like the whole time up until that point, I was thinking like, man. I'm not a big fan of the vocals, but I really like like the instrumentation I dug. Uh-huh. Finally, it took a few songs for them to like get on the same level. In my opinion, I've been like, all right, now I'm kind of digging both. So there were only like a handful of songs on here that I really enjoyed. Other ones were just kind of boring, I thought. I was kind of bored through most of it. Um, I liked the uh, the guest vocalist. Who was it? Izzy Biz- yeah, Bizu was really good in that one. Yeah, on yeah. Uh, Bad Things. I really liked that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, very naturally. Heartless was, uh, again, it was one of those, like, the second half of it I enjoyed more because it varied musically and there was less singing. Like, the first half was kind of, eh. But overall, it was like, it's serviceable pop rock that's exactly what that came into my as a serviceable like yeah. the word just like it serves its purpose this didn't take <laughs> any chances this didn't go out on any limbs this was like very safe very chill which was nice but i wasn't a big fan of the production how like the vocals were were kind of echoey that like, i couldn't really yeah the whole fucking time like you recorded this in a hallway there would be sometimes where i'd just be like okay what the fuck did he just say like i, I could did this man speak like another language i could swear there were points where he was not speaking english they are german yes Okay, so were they speaking German at some points? I think they might have been, because there there were times where I think they were going in and out, yeah. What were your thoughts overall on on the album? Because I, I'm just going to say, in, in summary, I would say, like, three and a half. I really, like, honestly, I really can't say anything else that's not just agreeing with you. Like, it's yeah. just like, 
serviceable is the word. That cold, what is that? The one in the rain? Yeah. That one goes hard as fuck. Yeah. Like when that, the cold blue rain, when that chorus hit, there's something about like the way the, the bass was thumping and just mm. like, oh man, that just hits you. You know what I mean? Um, excuse me, but for the most part, it, yeah, it, it has that very, maybe it would feel like, it's one of those things where it's like, because it's so studio produced, maybe that's part of what makes it feel less special. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't really have any strong thoughts on it one way or the other. And I kind of feel bad about it, you know, because it's a request. But I was just like, oh, it's okay. I don't know why people keep asking the rap critic what he thinks about rock music. <laughs> you know, like, this isn't my specialty, but all right. What would you give it out of five? I would literally give it the exact same rating that you just gave it. Now. <laughs> Everybody get up. <laughs> it's time to slam now. Oh, boy. Oh, we got a real review going on. Welcome to the Space Jam review. Muse, it's your chance. Do your dance. This goes so... I mean, I don't even know if this is a reference to that time we talked about Space Jam on the on the podcast yeah, years probably. ago. Probably. This is a request by Ryan Holter. Uh, shout out to him. And... <laughs> Man, this took me back, bro. This shit took me back. <laughs> See, I had it also on on CD back in the day. <laughs> but I had a feeling that you probably listened to it more than I did. Because I didn't really... I only listened to it for a, a couple songs, and that was about it. Here's the thing. It's not that I had the soundtrack. It's that where I was... These songs were everywhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dude, you do not understand. This shit was fucking huge. Like, this is up there with, like, a goofy movie. With, like, movies that are super important to my childhood, and it really doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it really, like, I'm just staking my claim. I, it doesn't matter what the personal opinion is about it. I was a kid. I saw the movie. I saw Space Jam. I saw my favorite cartoon characters. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Growing up as a kid, talking to black kids. Right. Do you know how cool that fucking was for me? Like, like you know, like it really is just like that baseline aesthetic. You know what I mean? And it's like it really sucks. It really, I really do wish that there was a good movie on top of it. That really would have made it, you know, worth all that. But mm. it's just like, bro, on a certain, like, visceral level, it's just like, I could, you know, I could be li like like them. Like, you know, that's me talking to that to, to Bugs Bunny. You know what I'm saying? So we got Space Jam, and yeah, this is all about, like, basketball. We got all these big names in basketball, and the soundtrack is completely... uh more R&B than hip-hop, but it's a good mix. Yeah, yeah. As if you haven't had years to, uh... <laughs> to come together with your thoughts on the album, but, um, revisiting it in 2018, uh, what were your thoughts? Bro. Track one. <laughs> Jesus Christ! This song is fucking powerful. And, you know, just for, like, reference, I went back and listened to the original, right? Like, you know, sometimes you listen to the original, you listen to the new one, and you're like, man, you know, I like this version better, you know? Both of them are honestly, like, 
they're in their own lane, man. Like, yeah. one goes one way and one goes another, and it, you just feel it differently. And it's like, it's cool, you know? There's no rivalry. It's just like, this is just cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, the old one takes it to more space angle. The newer one, it it does, like, it has this theremin or whatever it is in there, and you randomly hear it, like, you know what I mean? And, you know, it's a lot more smooth and cool, you know what I'm saying? Because it's seal, you know? And then, like, I think this is a line he actually put in there. There's a line near the end where, you, I mean, we all know what this song is about, right? Fly like an eagle. You know mm. what I'm saying? There's two songs on this album about flying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're the big woods. But, uh, so, you know, you have this song where it is, you know, fly like an eagle. You get the feeling of soaring as you listen to this. You know what mm. I'm saying? You get that futuristic, like, you know, if everyone had jetpacks, you know, that <laughs> sort of shit. And then he hits a line where he says, you know, this whole song's about how, and of course, you know, it's about flying, but, you know, flying's a metaphor for, for, you know, realizing your greatness, you know, understanding mm. your full potential, you know, being who you are and letting that propel you into success, you know? And there's a line at the end that Seal made up, and he says, In a sky full of people, only some want to fly. Isn't that crazy? Like, just listening to that line, it's just like, I remember as a kid hearing that, not knowing what it meant, but just like, it just felt important. Yeah. You know? And it's just like, what does that phrase mean? You know, and it's like, there's a, you know, all, people all around the world, you know, there's a sky, there's a sky's worth of people. You know, there's billions of people that could fill up the entire sky. We could all be flying and fulfilling our dreams, but we're not. Yeah. Like, what the, why are we not doing that? You know? Why are we not living our lives to our best potential? Because we hold ourselves down. You know what I'm saying? Society holds ourselves down. We l allow society to hold ourselves down with our, you know, limitations and shit like that, you know? And so mm. it's just like, it was just something so small, but it's like, I just remember how much that touched me, you know? Especially as someone now, again, tie it all together. Six-year-old kid, he sees Space Jam. You know, I wish I was in the cartoons, you know, with my favorite characters, Here's this black kid in the movie. Yo, that looks just like me. You know what I'm saying? Then you have this song that says, fly like an eagle. Do that. Go for that dream. And then we have to get to the other flying song. Uh, do we even have to talk about them? I want to, honestly, just to make a point. This song really, really meant a lot to me as a kid. Uh... None of his other music did. <laughs> what is what I find really funny? It was this one and Gotham City. These two songs oh, I yeah. like. There are fucking soundtracks for movies. But what's funny is that, like, you know, you know, when you're a kid, like, you just assume if that's the music you heard, that's the only music they made. And then you grow up a little bit, and you're like, oh, this is what people know him for. You know, the sex songs and the and the you know underage girls and the, all this shit. I was like, oh my god, like. But these songs were so fucking important to me, you know? Like, they were songs that just, like, told me that, like, yeah, there's problems in the world, but you can face those problems. R. Kelly did Gotham City. Yeah. And Seal did Kiss from a Rose. Oh, shit! <laughs> what the fuck, dude? I don't know! They were, like... They were the heavyweight... The mid-90s heavyweight soundtrack champions. God! <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I Believe I Can Fly is... Honestly, it's... 
it really is an incredible song, right? And, you know, and then, of course, afterwards, you know, retroactively, you come to understand this person's, like, fucking horrible, right? So, in my brain, I, I try, I, you know, I tried to reconcile it. And I feel like I came to a good conclusion concerning this artist, at least. Um, because, like I said, I don't listen to their uh, his other music. I don't listen to his sex dance, right? Like, that's not what I know this person for. And to me, I feel like I can't listen to his sex songs. Because, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, any of the songs where he does talk about sex now. Because, like, Ignition, all those things. That sexuality is informed by his perversions to underage girls. You know? Like, that's how that art is manifested. Like, those sexual thoughts that you think he's having about adult women, he's having about underage girls. Like, that's where my problem lies, right? And and that's why I feel like, you know, with certain pieces of art, that's why I kind of feel like when it comes to certain artists, it's like, well, I can understand you not wanting to, in, in, like, listen to them overall. But for me, like, where I draw the line is this. I don't want to support, you know, Woody Allen's works because every one of his fucking movies is about him dating someone who's like one eighth his age. You know what I'm saying? Like, but if there, if there was a movie like Ants or something like that, like, hey, maybe I could watch that because I don't think that's all him. You know, I think that's like, I think that's like a, a, another production company, like DreamWorks, right? That's DreamWorks. It's not all him. It's an ant. So it's not really like the older, younger girl dynamic. That's not there. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe I could enjoy that film. But like, as an artist as a whole, it feels like all of his work has this sort of thing in it. And so like, I can't really enjoy this. Like, like if you found out that your favorite rapper, I don't know, actually like raped and killed a woman. Like, okay, well, now I don't want to listen to, like, like, mystical. Like, in real life, he went to jail for, like, rape. And I was like, well, it's kind of harder to listen to his songs about sex now, you know, because it's just like, now I'm thinking about it, you know. But, but that's a less extreme one, because what's more extreme is R. Kelly, who had a, like, this is still ongoing. It's not like, oh, that one time he had a fling with a 14-year-old girl. No, this is, like, no one has stopped him, and so he is still doing that to this day. These girls may be over 18 now, but when he gets them, you know, the ones that you don't see right now, you know what I'm saying? The ones that aren't in the news right now are the ones that are being groomed so that when they turn 18, you know, he can do what the fuck he wants to. You know what I'm saying? As far as inspirational songs, it's like, this song hit me at a time where I didn't know who R. Kelly was as a person. You know, like, it hit me when I was, like, fucking six. So, like, this isn't R. Kelly talking to me. This is, like, a voice that represents the way I feel about... You know what I mean? And now, 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 I, I completely understand. Like, if you're like, no, I'm not listening to R. Kelly at all. And that's that's how I kind of feel, like, you know, with these... Excuse me, with these people coming up listening to Tentacion, right? You know, they probably heard Look at Me and all this stuff before they heard about the charges, right? You know, so there's probably a level of them that was like, man, I connected with this guy... And now I feel bad because society is telling me this thing that I like is now problematic, you know, and in parentheses, and henceforth, you can't listen to it anymore. You know what I mean? And so, like, now I feel like I need to defend him and go extra hard to defend him instead of, well, let me try to put this in perspective. You know, like, all right, maybe I can enjoy his music, but maybe I won't buy, you know, maybe I just, I'm just not going to his concerts now. You know what I mean? Like, make your own, dis- at your own discretion. You know, and maybe you're a piece of shit and you're like, hey, he's a piece of shit too. Awesome. And you want to give money to that. Fine. That's what you want. But like for me personally, I'm like, 
his music never hit me at the right time. You know what I'm saying? And so personally, I I don't want to make a connection with his music because I feel like the things that he's done were so horrible that I'm like I couldn't I couldn't possibly imagine wanting to give money to anyone who's involved in that. It's not like I can act like I didn't like these songs now. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's not like, you know, when I'm by myself, it's not like, like, I don't have to prove anything to anyone when I'm by myself. But if I'm out, like, at a party, if I'm out, like, uh, uh, there was this one uh, video, The Grapevine. Once again, I've been binge-watching their videos. They're excellent. You guys need to check them out. Um, they, they were talking about, like, you know, if you're at a party... You know, I was at a party and like someone was playing some R. Kelly and like I just went up to the DJ. I was like, yo, turn that off. Like, you know, because it's like we're not supporting this. We're not acting like this is okay. I don't know who these other people are. I don't know what their relationship to, you know, someone who would do something like that to a young girl. I don't know what their relationship to that sort of situation is, you know. And so just for me, I'm just not supporting someone who would do that. You know what I'm saying? And like, it sends a message for everyone to say, no, we're not going to support someone when we're in public and it matters. You know what I mean? Like, cause I, it doesn't matter what you do in private. Honestly, I don't give a shit what you do in private. You know, I don't care if you say the N word every second of the day when you are not in public, when you are in public, it's game time. You need to act like a human being going past those two songs. <laughs> we get the winner by Coolio. Yeah, um, Coolio isn't someone I'm that familiar with their catalog, so when I heard this, I wondered how reflective this was on the rest of his music. It it totally is. Uh, Coolio is totally the guy who does, like, it's gangster rap, but kind of light, and, you know, like, there's not as much, um... He use, he he kind of does the P Diddy thing, the loop it and leave it thing for the chorus. You know, he has a song called Cruisin'. Mm. I mean, you know what that's sampling, you know. Gangsta's Paradise, you know, that was sampling, you know, uh, uh, what, what, uh, Pastime Paradise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he does very on-the-nose sampling. See, well, I went on his Spotify to see, because, like, this was very keeping it clean for the Space Jam soundtrack. I saw a lot of the other songs were, like, they had the explicit next to it. So, like, I was wondering if Coolio was that guy, you know. Oh, yeah. No, this song totally feels like uh, Gangsta's Paradise worked, make another one, you know. And and it was just like, but make it more kid-friendly because it's Space Jam. Hmm. You know what okay. I'm saying? Like, doesn't it feel like that? Doesn't it feel like they were trying to do the, here's the really big sample from a song that you kind of remember. And I'm going to rap on it about how you need to change your life and eat your, ki- eat your, eat your peas, kids, you know. And it's funny, Coolio doesn't get as much shit for that. You notice that? MC Hammer gets piled on all day. But, like, Coolio, I think it's because, like, it's like you knew he was real. Like, I mean, you, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, Coolio was like, I'm a part of that shit, but I don't like to promote it. Mm. That, again, again, it's the context, right? It's yeah. like, I know that in order to survive, I had to do this gangster shit. But if I'm going to make music that's, like, out there for people to listen to... I don't want to tell people to do this. Like, if someone's fucking with me and I need to get them off of me, yeah, I'll say some shit like, motherfucker, I'll kill you, but I'm not going to put that on a record because I don't want to put that energy out there. I feel like that's the energy that Coolio put out there, and I feel like on a level people respected that. And also just, like, he just hasn't, I think he just hasn't lasted throughout the ages. Like, there's no classic Coolio album, you know? Like, he made two and no one knows what they're called. 
which is funny because one of them is really obvious. Like, right now, what do you think the name of that album is? Gangsta's Paradise. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, had, I had a hunch. Like, they're not going to pass that up. No. <laughs> Like, huh? I remember it's the one with Gangsta's Paradise on it. Buy this fucking album. Like, that song, like, it was cool, but it was just kind of like, hmm, all right. But this didn't, this felt like an offshoot. This felt like something left off of one of his albums. Like, because I've actually listened to his albums before. Like, this kind of feels like something that's sort of like, eh, left off of it. You know what I mean? Mm. Then you get the Space Jam soundtrack. Once again, bro, you can't run on this shit. Dude. <laughs> This fucking shit slaps. <laughs> <laughs> Go on and slam. There's something about her voice. It's so yeah. like, there, there's like a little bit of like vocal fry to it. Like there's something about that that just sounds really cool. Like TLC does that a lot. You know, that little bit of vocal fry that they throw on their voice. You Man, know? how aren't we still... Rock in the Quad City DJs. How did they not transcend <laughs> the dude? Like it's weird, man. Like I don't know if it's nostalgia or what, mm-hmm. but that oh, fucking oh. song is goddamn timeless. Mm-hmm. And you feel it in your spirit. Boom, 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 boom. Ah, uh-uh. ding, 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 ding. Ah, uh-uh. like ah, uh-uh. how can you not jam to that? Hey, you, what you gonna do? <laughs> that needs to play at every single sporting event. Right? Like, it's it's bullshit if it doesn't. And it's weird because, like, The Train isn't as good of a song, but, like... No. It's still pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's still pretty good. This definitely does feel like... Like, Space Jam is the, the second song they did to try to sound like the first one, but what's funny is that this sounds like the better one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, you know what I'm finding? I decided to look up Quad City DJs, right? Sure, why not? Everyone should be. And, uh, apparently they only released three songs, like, as singles. And those three songs are called Come On and Ride at the Train, Space Jam, and Summer Jam. Dude, okay, I'm listening to Summer Jam. The chorus doesn't come in until, like, a minute into the, uh, into the song. Mm. Like, you're waiting too long, bro. Like... (laughs) Yeah. What the? Who the fuck do you think you are? You're yeah. all about hooks. <laughs> yeah. Like the Quad City DJs. This is the Miami bass sound. This is all about hooks. And then we get, which did Michael's All Star Team? Did they have a theme? Because this right here is saying that "Hit 'Em High" is the Monstars theme. Yo, these were just five random. Like, think about this. I want you to think about this. You know, it's not like the corporation that made the Space Jam soundtrack that was trying to... Like, this all started from trying to sell more fucking clothes and shoes and shit. Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, they don't actually give a shit about making good music, right? But they went and got, like... They were just like... you know, They probably were just like, yeah, get five rappers, I don't care. And, like, out of just five random rappers that they just fucking picked... It's just all, like, you know what I mean? Like, today, if you tried to do something like this, it would, like, if you just tried to get, like, five rappers and the industry didn't care, you get something like Sucker for Pain, right? Where it's, mm. like, you know, Logic and g Easy and Lil Wayne. And, like, these guys uh. didn't hang out in the studio. You know what I mean? Like, they don't give no. a shit about each other. They right. didn't try to make this, this song come together. It's just, my verse, give me my money, I'm out. 
I don't even know what the fucking movie's about. Give me the cash. I'm gone. Oh my god, I forgot all about Sucker for Pain. Ugh, goddamn. Dude, this shit is like the polar opposite. This shit is fucking ambitious. Like... First of all, that chorus. Bye, hit him, I hit him, I hit him, I hit him low. You hit him low. Buster rhymes with like, I hit him low. Oh my god. Dude. This song is way better than it has any right to be. Right? What the f. Be real. <laughs> Buster rhymes. Oh. Coolio. LL Cool J. And. And your boy. <laughs> Goddamn Method Man on the Space oh Jam soundtrack. Jesus! What the hell is going on here? Like, they, they, I swear to God, they probably just picked five r- random, like, guys. Because, like, Coolio and Be Real and Method Man was on it. And, like, that was like, those, those guys don't really, like, hang out like that, do they? I mean. It's when the stars in the sky, when Mars and the moon align, <laughs> you get. That's what brings these forces together. You know, you say, like, Coolio, Be Real, they're okay. You know, like, no one goes like, oh, man, if you want to hear some bars, you got to go to your boy, Be Real. It's like, he's cool. Dude, dude, I was like, it just keeps getting better because you have Be Real and Coolio. And you're like, oh, wow, what has been a good verse from him? And then Method Man just fucking reconstitutes what makes an awesome verse with, like, the way he, like, throws the rhymes at the wrong time of the beat, but then he turns that into the new flow. I was like, holy shit! What the fuck is this? How is he doing this? <laughs> and it's like, wait, this is supposed to be the bad guys? Yeah! <laughs> Why would you give Stop the making coolest look so fucking cool. song to the, to the fucking bad guys? <laughs> and then they actually, like... They actually mention the. This is what I miss from movie uh, movie soundtracks back in the oh, day. Oh yeah, they used I, I know to what you're gonna say. Things from the movie, like he actually oh, brings so up. So cool. Yeah, he's like the monsters again. I'm telling you, you know, like my tactics is unsportsmanlike conduct. You better ask it. You know what I'm saying? Like it makes you fucking care. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh yeah, there is a Space Jam movie. Oh, yeah. you know. But nowadays, I feel like people want to. Like, soundtrack songs are, like, ashamed to be soundtrack songs, right? And you don't get references to the album until the final track now, after that one. Yeah, yeah. Because now it's all... Actually, between here and the end, it's, like, exclusively R&B. Oh my, okay, so... Except for Salt and Peppa, they're, oh, they're thrown in there, too. Okay, okay, I forgot! I, I fucking forgot! LL Cool J comes in with a verse! He has a good verse! This motherfucker says... Cumulus clouds bring darkness up above. You in it for the money or in it for the love, MJ? 23 rays to make a pay. Lounging in the mothership back around my way. I'm 28 light years old. If the reps get political, dribble like Bob Dole. Am I getting lyrical, daddy? I think so. Monster dropping flavor fluid, so drink slow. I was like, oh! Oh! Oh, shit! So good. <laughs> uh, and then you think it's over because there's been four verses. You're like, it's gotta be done, right? Then uh... fucking Buster rise. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, you're almost turning the song off, right? Like, I can't right. take it anymore. Yeah, you're just like, oh my god, there's more? Oh my god. And ah, uh, he totally kills it. He totally kills it. Ah, uh, it's so perfect. <laughs> Guys, you gotta listen to this song. You don't understand. I'm not overhyping this at all. <laughs> oh my god. And you know what's really funny? You know what's really, I find really funny? This is, what is it, 1996, 1997? 
oh, look at look at these not real rappers, right? You know, what real rapper raps about space shit? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that's right. Method Man, LL Cool J, 28 light years old. What's all this shit? Get this <laughs> shit out of here. No, no, I'm just taking the piss. But I, I really do find it weird <laughs> that, like, Monty back then were like, fuck that space age shit. It's like, you guys have no idea where hip hop is going. <laughs> you know? And then after that, incredible music, man. Awesome. Highlight of the album. Uh, you get I Found My Smile Again by D'Angelo. Yeah. <coughs> um. Uh, I like For You, I Will. I remember really liking that one back in the day. That was all right. Yeah. Um, I, I loved it. I loved it. I loved that one. I'm not, I'm not going to downplay it. I love that. That's a good one. A good little down, down little song. Maybe, maybe they needed to have like a little filler song in between, you know, the fucking... <laughs> Fucking spaceship anthem song. You know, you can't just go right from that into another okay song. Maybe they were just like, let's put a wax song in between, just like sort of palate cleanser. You know, (laughs) know? I I do wonder though. This is a movie that's it's it's basically a cartoon movie, right? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you just have the whole soundtrack balls to the wall? Yeah. Why isn't it more ridiculous? Keep kids interested. Why are you then gonna fucking dip down like No kids listening to I Found My Smile all the way through. Upside down. Oh yeah, absolutely. This was very late in their lifespan and and we can tell. Not uh, a bad track though. I thought it was alright. Oh no. No, but they're like they're kind of very loose. They're not a very tight knit group. You know, you can kind of hear how the you know, they don't sound like, you know, like playing off of each other like the female Run DMC. Except, you know what's crazy That's about, true. like, yeah. you know, people call them the female Run DMC, but, like, they lasted longer than Run DMC did into the 90s, you know? But they kind of had, but they had their time, too. And, like, and even then, like, it samples Upside Down, Round and Round, which I'm pretty sure MC Light already sampled by that point. Um, Then you have Given You All That I Got. Uh... I remember thinking that one was okay. I don't even remember it, and I just heard it today. Yeah, I'm like, I I just heard it less than an hour ago, and I can't remember how it went. <laughs> That's right. This is the fucking early 90s, like, CNC Music Factory. Real oh, McCoy. Yeah. Like, this stuff should have been out the door by now. Yeah, this is fucking <laughs> late house. Yeah, yeah. This is some of that techno working its way in there a little late. <laughs> this, shit was, this shit was hot in, like, 94. But I'll accept it over Basketball Jones. Oh, man. God damn Basketball Jones. He's got a Basketball Jones, Darren. Have you heard? Get, you know, because he's jonesing for some basketball. Do you Holy remember fuck. in the movie when mm. this song plays? I don't actually. When does it play? It plays when um the the couple of guys that are you know they're they they had their talent stolen from them you know ah uh and so they 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 go out and try to like you know interact with you know normal people because like you know no one gives a shit about them anymore you know oh. so it's like hey it's charles barkley and like hey let's play yeah 
And you see, he obviously sucks at it. And they're like, man, you ain't no Charles Barkley. Man, you ain't him. Bro, step. Peace out. Like, you know, because Charles Barkley would know how to play, you know? It was like, it's like during that montage where they're having, like, existential crises. And they're like, I don't know what to do with my life if I can't play basketball. (laughs) Which is actually really kind of dark when you think about it. It is. I don't have my primary function. Do I not have worth as a human being? <laughs> basketball jokes! Again, basketball jokes! Yeah! This song full of jokes. Here's the thing. It's appropriate with the part that they use, right? Because they only use the chorus. They use uh, basketball jokes! Yeah, like, he's got a basketball jokes. He wants to play the game, right. but he can't. And, you know, you hear Barry White in the background, you know, burning desire. I don't know what he's talking about, but, you know, it just sounds really cool. Then you get Chris Rock. His fucking part was not in the soundtrack. I mean, it was not in the movie. Uh, I do not remember hearing some little fucking termite <laughs> the whole time going, hey, I like my basketball. I like put my basketball next to my butt. And my basketball pins my butt. We have good, clean fun. <laughs> I'll tell you about my basketball. Da, 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 da. I'm like, I oh sleep with it under my pillow. Can you please shut the fuck up, Chris Rock? You're better than this. Dude. He fucking lost me when he's like, ah, where my cheerleaders? You're not in vogue. Like, oh my God, Chris. Stop <laughs> it. I was told I was going to get in vogue. It's like, oh no. Yeah. What's going on with this? And it goes on forever. Yeah. It's such a long song. It's worth noting, by the way, that this is the uh, one of three covers on the album because we got... um. We got uh, Fly Like an Eagle, which is the uh, the Steve Miller band cover. And we got uh, That's the Way I Like It, performed uh, later by the Spin Doctors and Bismarckie. what the fuck? What is that doing and, there? And it's not a rap cover. It's not no. like you... No, Bismarckie just wanted to sing... That's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, Yeah, uh, he like just wanted it. to sing that to you. I'm like... Why the fuck do you think I want to hear you sing that? That would be like if he if he literally just did a straight cover of Easy Like Sunday Morning. Like, that <laughs> wouldn't be enjoyable. And we're talking about House being late to the party. Fucking Spin Doctors. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> and Bismarck Key in 96? <laughs> Spin Doctors haven't had a hit since, like, 92 or some shit. Wait, what, what was that? If you... Dap that up, dap that, yeah. Dap ba da ba da ba da ba da. We're doing that shit. When the fuck? The white boy scatting shit. Oh my god, the lamest. Where the fuck? Yeah, when was the spin doctors? It reminds me of Third Eye Blind. Uh, was that the little ones that did the those little red pennies they passed Like songs that you cannot perform at karaoke because it's like. There's way too many fucking words in this song. Dude, Pocketful of Kryptonite, the album with uh, Little Miss Can't Be Wrong and Two Princes, 1991. Oh my god, you're right! The fuck are the Spin Doctors doing here? And when was Just a Friend? That was 89! Dude, what the fuck? (laughs) There's no explanation for this. But the cover, uh, the Basketball Jones cover is a Cheech and Chong cover, of all things. Um, it was from a movie of theirs, actually, if, if I'm remembering correctly. Oh, wait, and, uh, yeah, now I remember, yeah. Not as long, not as, uh, not as involved, and oddly, 
a weird mishmash of, like, a lot of really talented people. Like, because Cheech and Chong, I mean, I don't know how musically accomplished they are in instruments, but, like, you gotta bring in some people. Like, big fuck names from the 70s came in and were like, yeah, I want to be involved with Cheech and Chong because they're a big fuck deal. They're, like, pop culture icons right now. So everyone wants a piece. Basketball Jones, you just get Barry White, who's there for the deep voice bit, and then, I guess, for the comedy of it being so drastically different, and the other side of the spectrum, you got fucking Chris Rock screeching his way through it. It's five minutes and 37 seconds. It's so bad. It's the longest song on the album. <laughs> it's so unnecessary. It's not, it's not funny. I put a basketball under my pill. Oh, okay. Basketball pinch my butt. How does that happen, Chris? <laughs> Where are you going? And then we got uh, All for One. Uh, oh my god, the song starts off with something that already just like lets you know you don't need to listen to this shit. You know when, it's, you know when those songs need to let you know that it's time to turn the lights down low? <laughs> <laughs> the wind know. chimes. <laughs> the fucking wind chimes! <laughs> fucking All for One have an air about them. Like, shut up. And then, of course, you get the uh, the, the, the cheap ass fucking electric, you know, piano going there. This is some goddamn. Hold on. What's that thing? This is some Delilah ass <laughs> slow jam. <laughs> with Delilah. <laughs> What's that show called? I forget. So, with Delilah in the evening or something like that. Oh, fuck. What the hell? The, those uh, nighttime shows you listen to when you're driving back from home and you're like, you know, honestly, I, I think it's actually kind of a bad idea. Like, if I'm driving at night, I don't want to hear relaxing music. Like, that, <laughs> that's going to make me fall asleep, you asshole. It's the quiet storm with Delilah. Yeah, the quiet storm, yeah. <laughs> what is this doing on a kid's album? On the Space Jam. Like, the face of the album is Michael Jordan's can't act an ass and fucking Bugs Bunny. Why is this so serious? Yeah, like, who is this for? Just in case 40-year-old dads want to buy this album for their wife? Like, who is this for? Then we get Nobody's Boy uh, <laughs> featuring uh, Changing Faces and Jay-Z. I've literally never heard of Changing Faces in my entire life. Uh, no. So yeah, you get the Spin Doctors, and then... Fuck all that other shit. Fuck the hit of high Monstars anthem. That's not what you came here for. Method Man can take a flying leap. We're talking about bugging. Ya bugging. <laughs> Bro. I... <laughs> Written buggin'. by the man himself. Oh! And you can tell. <laughs> you really can! It's weird. It's well, weird. He does you hear little... Bugs Bunny rapping and it's like, this just sounds like goddamn Jay-Z. And, and, well, he he does little shit like doing references to himself, you know. Ain't no bunny like the one I got. You know what I'm saying? That was oh. sort of like one of his songs at the time. Can a mouse write this? Does he have long furry ears like this? Like, ah, uh, that's that worst Jay-Z back when he was do like that shit where you just rhyme two words. and it, Like, it sounds cool because you just said the last two words. Like, you just repeated the same two words, but it's like... You didn't rhyme anything before it, so Jordan at the plate, you're likely to miss. 
first of all, taking shots of Michael Jordan. <laughs> on his own movie soundtrack. Yeah, that's first of all. But second of all, delivery also is a very important thing in a rap song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you're, um, whoever's doing this, Tom Kenny, I don't know who it is. I think it's Billy West. Yeah, Billy West. And you, no, I could tell. Because there's parts where Bugs Bunny straight up just sounds like Fry. Oh, yeah, yeah, he totally does. It's <laughs> so Fry. Like, it's fucking, uh, it's, it's the honeycomb. It's the fucking Cheerios B. <laughs> and the beat doesn't help. Like, it's a very sort of, like, you need to be good to write a beat like that. Where it's like sampling an old cartoon and yeah. trying to recontextualize the, the classical music sounding uh, beat to like a hardcore hip hop beat, which is, which stays in rhythm. You know what yeah. I mean? The orchestral music that they use for those Bugs Bunny songs. You know, they weren't in, like, the the strict 4-4 time that we put in hip-hop, you know? It was a lot more playing, so they had to do things to make certain sounds fit the beat. And you can hear how they don't really fit. You know what I'm saying? You can hear how the dissonances in the rhythms. And then, when you have someone who's not really well-versed at rapping, rapping over it, it just feels sloppy. So, I wonder to myself, right, because, yeah, as we mentioned, Jay-Z uh, wrote buggin do you think when he met beyonce like that was something he hoped she would never find out <laughs> or or on the inverse of that like hey you remember buggin that was <laughs> me <laughs> do you think she like gives him shit for that like <laughs> I, I would like to think like, dude, anytime they're in uh an argument it's like you're a bitch motherfucker i wrote buggin like if if Beyonce would have dropped a reference to Buggin on Lemonade. Dude, his career would have been over. I I don't it, think I ever would have fully recovered. Ah, dude, do you know how bad black Twitter would have dragged Jay-Z's ass, like, with Ooh. your desperate ass trying to get work? <laughs> you know. Mm. We knew you was in a rough spot, Jay-Z, but come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you were in two songs on this soundtrack, and none of them were the singles. Like, that's got to be a little insulting. Oh, like, when you think about it. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like you needed <laughs> to try that hard. It's not like you were going to, it's not like the company was going to be like, whoa, what's this? No, no, no. Take it back. You got to make a better rap for Bugs Bunny than this, you know? But it's yeah. funny because this is what seems like would be the big lead single, right? Yeah, I'm surprised it wasn't like i'm surprised it didn't do more only maybe, because it's fucking bugs bunny rapping yeah maybe in 92 this would have worked maybe like right at that like i mm. said this was released in 91 and this is a different you know time like that song would have been the lead single and maybe the monstars song would have been like oh yeah it's the last track on the album you know what i mean by 96 97 the unlikely person rapping gimmick was kind of dead in the water. Yeah, well, it's because people were doing that shit since the 80s. Fucking rapping Rodney and... Fucking rapping Duke. That shit had fucking run its course, so it's like, oh, Bugs Bunny rapping now. It's like, how long have we been fucking seeing those tall tees of Bugs and Taz in the fucking... The the sagging jeans. <laughs> right. And the backwards <laughs> caps, like... Dude, it's basically a part of, like culture at this point like that shit is fucking that is old hat so now it's I like i know like do people cares. i see have you ever seen people like still wearing like 
you know, the Tweety Bird, but with attitude. Oh shirts. my god, yeah. Like that's so fucking early nineties, you know? Like, ooh, aren't we being transgressive? <laughs> this isn't your dad's Tweety Bird. Oh, he's got a backwards hat. Look at him. He's sassy. Ah! And he's got, you know, he put the little black stuff under his eyes, you know. Oh, because they don't like, fuck around. And he's got like, he's got like a catchy, uh, he's got like a little sassy catchphrase next to it. Oh, yeah, maybe he's got his arms crossed, you know. Oh, yeah, he's in the word pose. <laughs> he's sizing you up. <laughs> <laughs> don't fuck with Tweety Bird. <laughs> See, here's the thing, right? You got you got Daffy in there, and he's doing little, little interludes. He's almost the hype man, right? Yeah, he's actually Daffy's the best part of it, and I think he was doing the voice for that too. It sounds like he was doing the voice for him too. Yeah, but it actually sounded like Daffy the whole time. But that's possibly because he wasn't rapping, so you know. That's true. I kind of wish there were more characters thrown in. Like I know, yeah, Elmer El- Fudd's in there a little bit, but. Why isn't there a Tweety Bird or a Sylvester in there? Like, just a, like at the end of a line, like a little thing, and then you hear one of them say something, you know? Yeah, you can fucking do like a little reference. You can hear Taz do that spinning in noise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't need to be anything crazy, you know? Just Yo, get them all in my there. Style- Yo, you can say, like, my style is, and then sample the movie, you know, Lemony Fresh. <laughs> you know, like- Hey! There you go. <laughs> We could have wrote a better song than Jay-Z is all I'm saying. Maybe Jay-Z wasn't trying. Maybe Jay-Z realized, hey, I'm not rapping on this shit. Who cares? Yeah, like, I'm not, I'm, this isn't the thing that's like, oh man, you know, the thing that I'm all, I'll always be proud of. Was, was this played over the outro credits? Hell no. It wasn't? <laughs> I've never heard this song before I actively looked up. This is the one song I didn't hear. Oh my, dude. Yeah, this is the song you play on the outro credits. Where else would you use it? Why else would you record it? That's literally the only context for a song like this. And then, As yeah, then you get leaving. all the characters involved. Maybe even, maybe even get one of the basketball players. Ooh, shoot a video? It's one of those novelty songs, thank God it never caught on. Yeah. Like, this could have been the disco duck of the 90s. Uh, <laughs> oof, yeah. That uh, crisis was averted. Unfortunately, fucking Bartman already ah, took that bullet. Ah. Um, I, I forgot to mention during Basketball Jones, that really awkward part where Chris Rock is like, Hey, Michael! Michael! And you hear this like, Yeah? Like he's in a totally different room. Yeah, they obviously recorded this at a different time. Come on, Michael. Why don't you sing? Sing? I don't sing. (laughs) (laughs) So nostalgia goggles off. Listening to it in 2018. Rap critic. The world wants to know. Waits with bated breath. Ryan Holder wants to know. What do you give the Space Jam soundtrack out of five? About a three out of five. I would too. Yeah, there. Like I said, that, that's honestly as far as I would go. <laughs> this six-time <laughs> platinum album. Yeah, it's the fucking Saturday Night Fever soundtrack of the nineties. <laughs> really, it really is. It's star-studded. Like every track has a big name on it, except. For Spin Doctors and Bismarcky, there wasn't a more relevant rock band 
In 96? <laughs> You're kidding me. To me, honestly, it feels like like there was a record exec or someone at, at the label who was like, all right, look, I know we're making an, an album and it's got all, all these black artists on here, but we have to whiten it up somehow. <laughs> we got to get the white kids listening to this album. We got Bugs Bunny on there. He's doing a lame-ass rap, but what are the white kids listening to these days? And he doesn't know, so someone's like, uh, uh, Spin Doctor's like, that's fine! Foolish him not knowing that by 1996, the, uh, the, the ball had been thrown squarely in Ska's court for that year. <laughs> Why couldn't Real Big Fish be on this soundtrack, dude? Imagine! Dude, for real. Imagine! The alternate universe where the Space Jam soundtrack is half hip-hop and R&B, and the other half is ska-punk. <laughs> that would be so awesome! <laughs> fucking buggin' is like, uh, fucking, hey, bugs, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I want this so bad. <laughs> oh, please, someone hook me up. To a video where Bugs is skanking to fucking Scott. <laughs> I want it in my life. I need it in my life. Come put it in my life. <laughs> so if you have an album that you would like to request us to review on the podcast, it is as simple as pledging to one of our Patreons. And as I mentioned last week, for just a little over a week... At uh, patreon.com slash muse requests are $30 as opposed to 40 in celebration of uh, 10 years on YouTube. So head on over to either patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse for details. Figure out how you can get an album that you would like us to talk about on the show. Follow us on Twitter. Check us out on Patreon for all that good stuff. Obviously subscribe to us on YouTube. And until next time, for the Going Off Podcast, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. And if you don't watch the Going Off Podcast, you buggin'. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. I had to you do had it. to do it to him. Mm. <laughs>